But in reality, how hard is it to walk into water? No resistance. You just literally walk in, right? Just like that, Jesus has opened his presence to us. It's like just walking in the water. It's very easy. It's effortless. But it is into something different. Well, watch this video I, I have for you of my son. Apro. Right there, you guys just see, is the first time uh, Hayao entered into water. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but did you see right at the edge of the water? My wife and I, we weren't sure, but he was leaning forward. I mean, he just wanted to go straight in. But what's interesting is the couple other times in the past, maybe a month ago, that we tried to dip him in the water in the ocean. Exactly. He hated it. You know, he, he was crying. And, you know, even being near this strange thing called water, it was so vast and so big, it was scary for him. But he had a breakthrough. And, you know, before getting into the water, you know, we had to actually, we, 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 had, we camped out, you know, by Alomana Beach, and we trying to bring him into the water, you have to cross what? Sand, right? And sand, again, it's like water. It feels so weird. And so every time you touch it, he will, like, you know, freeze. But once he saw my wife and I actually taking a walk, he had the faith, and he stood out, and he's like, oh, this kind of feels nice. And so he was just having a, having a great time that day. See, his step of faith that he had removed the fear and the hesitation. And then he experienced something new. You know, right here, you see this picture here. Um, that arm that I'm holding him, it's not, I'm not holding him back. I'm just holding him up. But he was wanting to go deeper. Uh, and maybe something deep inside his memory was triggered, realizing, hey, I was born in water. I know this stuff. You know, but so it is with prayer. As we come to an end of uh, this uh, talking about the presence of God as the goal of prayer, a prayer is a place you go with God. God. It's the same way with God's presence. We don't know how to swim, but the more we enter into his presence, the more we realize more desperately, this is what I need, this is what I want. So it was awesome seeing his breakthrough, and, and it reminded me of, like, as I was holding him, that the Holy Spirit, who knows the presence of God, is here leading us. Every time we pray, he wants to take us into the presence of God. We're blessed, where, we are, where our sins are removed, and finally, where God is looking for friends. He's looking for people he can trust so he can share his heart. We think prayer is a place that we go to tell God what's up. But no, prayer is a presence where God wants to say, Inguan, this is, this is what's on my mind. This is my, these are the things that make my heart break. These are the things that I wish were done. And I need people who would care. So as we, uh, as we come to end of that, now we're going to go into the next component of prayer. Presence, with the beginning, is where we talked about the last three weeks. Now we're starting the second part, receive. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. In the presence of God, once this presence of God that is available for us 24-7, even though we are unaware, God's blessing and mercy and grace is so abundant. When we enter in, it is now time to get ready to receive because there's something he wants to give to us 
that is not available outside of his presence. So today, as I talk about, as I begin this receiving um, uh, topic of the component of prayer, I titled this sermon called the Receive His Voice. <clears throat> you know, when we are taught to pray and seek God's kingdom to come, the principal way that the main prayer, your kingdom come and your will be done, is, 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 is accomplished is by the words of his voice. God's words, his voice, is the key to bringing the kingdom of God into this world, into your life, into your neighbors, your family, this city, this country, is the word of God spoken that we can hear in prayer. Last Sunday, I gave you guys, uh, kind of scared you guys with John 666. You guys remember that? Uh, the end time, as the end time draws near, this is what is, what is in op- opposition to us. Um, John 666 said, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. The cost of knowing Jesus, following Jesus was too much, and they had better things to do. And then Jesus asked the disciples, he asks us today, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Jesus is saying, do you still want to be someone that I can trust in? And then what is the answer? What is the cure to this disease called John 666? Simon Peter answered. He got the correct answer again. He answered him saying, Lord, to whom shall we go? Peter, who was, who, you know, metaphorically, right, he swam the waters of the world, right? But he, when he found Jesus, he said, this is what he, was, what he found was unique and important, essential about Jesus, is that you have the words of eternal life. Indeed, a few verses back, Jesus said, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of life, spirit and life. The words of God is what undergirds, is what makes the kingdom of God possible in our lives. So we need to receive his words. You know, very few people... uh, like the prophets in the Bible have actually heard God's audible voice. Raise your hand here if you have, have heard the audible voice of God. That'd be cool. Good, good. Okay. Well, not good, but I mean, like, yeah, okay, got it. But, you know, so God's voice, right? Again, so many people in the, in the scriptures, we see them hearing God's voice, you know, like Samuel one night when he was a young, young kid, just apprenticed in the, in the house of Eli, the, the priest, and he thought Eli was calling his name. Three times he didn't know God was calling him. Very rare, right? But today, let's fo- focus on New Testament. In this time, God's voice directly regarding Jesus was even fewer. Think about it, right? In the past, we've heard God needed people to share the message of God. So God spoke to them concerning Israel and all the future prophecies. But people who heard directly about Jesus are few, like David and Isaiah. And in the New Testament, Mary and Joseph, right? But think about the voice they heard about Jesus. They heard it through an angel, through a medium, through a person or an angel. But today in our passage, we see this is the first time we see God himself speaking himself audibly concerning his son. And it's documented and it's shared openly. What was the voice of Jesus, voice of God that Jesus received? It says here in our passage, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. 
This is the first thing that we see before Jesus does any miracle, any teaching, in the beginning of his ministry. What we know of as Jesus, this is the thing that we hear the voice of God audibly and directly from God. No, no angel, the voice of God audibly. Here it is. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is such a unique and precious moment that we get to see this happening. Because it was a significant moment. Again, it was the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Right? And also, moreover, if you guys saw this in actually um, Luke chapter 3.22, it says the Holy Spirit descended on it in bodily forms. And not only did they hear, but they saw the Holy Spirit in a bodily form like a dove. Not that he, was, he became a dove, but like a dove. He looked like a dove. And I don't know, and that would be so cool, what kind of bird. Maybe it was like a phoenix, I don't know. But like a bird, it came from heaven, and they saw it, and they heard God. God was making a point, this phrase that he said. There's something special about it. The revelation of you are my son. There are three things we see here. You are my son whom I love, I am well pleased. First of all, that word, my son, is very radical because no human being can claim that I am a son of God, right? And also the fact that God is loving this person and then finally he's pleased. I want to ask you a question, though. This, This voice that Jesus received, right? I like the detail that it says in Luke chapter, where did it go? Luke chapter 3 21's version of this passage. He says, as Jesus was praying, he said, as Jesus was coming out of the water, as he was praying, heaven was open. So in the place of Jesus' prayer, he just got baptized and he's praying. And all of a sudden, the voice he received says from God, you are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. Friends, as I went to this passage again and again, as the Lord drew me to this passage, there was a big question that the Lord asked me. And I want to ask you today. Do you believe that this is the same voice from God that is spoken over you right now? If what God is saying about you right now or this week or your life, would we hear the same thing? Would God be telling you right now, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, of course, the ladies in the room says, no, I'm not a son. Well, here's the thing, right? Gender, male and female, marriage, as Jesus said, it is just for this age. When we graduate to the eternal life and our resurrected body, sorry, there's no gender, okay? As Christ says in Galatians chapter 5, we're all one in Christ, right? There's no female, nor Jew, nor nor Greek, nor female, nor male, nor free, nor slave. We're all one in Christ, amen? So when we hear the word son, we're talking about authority, we're talking about identity, inheritance. Just as you are a son, ladies, in Christ, I am a daughter in Christ, amen? I'm a bride of Christ. I'm a beloved, I'm a Jew, I'm a precious one in Christ. Anyway, sorry about that. I just had to clarify that. But here's the thing. If you could right now tune in to the voice of God over your life, will it be God saying, you are my son, my daughter, whom I love, in, with you I am well pleased. Because if it isn't, we have work to do. Because the truth is, that is exactly the voice that is spoken over you right now, and it will never stop. If we could tune into what the voice of God is, is trying to give to you right now, it is this. You are my child, in whom I love, in whom I am well pleased. Nothing else. You try to change the channel, scramble the signal, try to get a clearer sound. That is all you're getting. 
Every day, every hour, no matter what state you are, no matter where you are, what you're doing, the voice of God towards you is saying, as it was to Jesus, you are my son, you are my child, in whom I love, with you I'm well pleased. Why is that? Because remember, I'm talking to people who believe in Jesus. You're no longer an orphan. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer an object of God's wrath. You have been transformed. Your old person has been crucified with Christ. You're no longer who you were before you knew Jesus. Today who you are, you're made new. You're a new creation, and that creation is exactly like Jesus. I'm going to show you a verse that confirms what I'm saying. But when, when God sees you, who you really are is exactly like Jesus. He doesn't, when God looks at you and Jesus, he doesn't say, yeah, Jesus is great, but, but England, you're kind of like almost there. No, he says Jesus, and he sees Jesus in me and me like Jesus. And he sees you in the same way. Therefore, the voice that Jesus heard, you're my son whom I love with you. I'm well pleased. Is the same voice he wants to signal, communicate to you. He's saying that continually. And prayer is the place we need to hear that. We are with Christ. His nature is in us. We are perfect. We're righteous. Done deal. Blood of Jesus on the cross, once and for all, was enough. That is the gospel. Because of that, God sees you with nothing other than, there's, there's nothing else he can see you as but loved and his child and well-pleased. That's why I believe this significant thing was happened. In the New Testament, we hear audible voice of God three times. This was one time. The other time was in John 12, 30, when the crowd was around Jesus and God's voice was audibly heard. Jesus prayed, Father, glorify your name. Jesus was saying, I'm here to sacrifice my life for you. And then the voice from heaven came and said, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And people were amazed. Everyone heard it. I don't know if it, exactly in the baptism, if everyone heard it. I think they did. They probably not many people were there. But even when there was a crowd of people, God responded to Jesus in a loud voice. But then when that happened and people were surprised, just what Jesus said, he said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. It means Jesus knew this. In fact, I'm, if you look at, um, if you look at the, the scriptures in Luke chapter 2, even when he was 12, he used to know God as Father. Jesus, since, I think since, the, since very young in his life, he, had, he was like, uh, like I'm talking about. He knew the presence of God. And he was literally swimming in the presence of God. He was filled with the presence of God. And therefore, he knew the Father. And he continued to grow in his life, hearing this voice. I am, you are my son, in whom I love. And with you, I'm very pleased. Because remember, Jesus, the, the, he was, uh, the parents came to the, the journey to Jerusalem to do um, their, their, their sacrifices and worship. And then the parents left. And after like three, four days, they realized, where's Jesus? They go back and they find him in the, in the temple with all these grown-ups talking about scripture. And then Jesus tells them, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house or to be about my father's business? Thankfully, he was 12 and they were saying, okay, cute. Yeah, that's a good imagination. All right, let's go home, all right? No, but Jesus, again, the voice that he heard in his baptism was the same voice he's been hearing all his life. But the Lord allowed that voice now to be heard to us because the same voice is the same for our benefit in our lives. The other one uh, was in 
the third one was in Luke 9, in the transfiguration. Uh, you guys know the transfiguration. Jesus goes to the mountain, and then a cloud appears, and then Moses and Elijah, they appear, and Jesus is like, he like, suddenly gets glory, and he's like shining, and the disciples are amazed. And then it says, in that time, a voice came from clouds saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. But again, the same voice from God that was given to us in the beginning of Jesus was, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. That's the voice that we need to receive in prayer again and again. Friends, when I looked at this scripture again, um, I realized that when we imagine the voice of God, for many of you guys, um, I don't know if you've heard it like audibly or spiritually in your heart, but many of us are kind of just like, you know, prayer, the presence of God is like a water. You know, the first time you don't want to go in the water. The, the voice of God, many of us think it's more like, it's going to sound more like, do this. Don't do that. <laughs> you did bad, right? Repent, <laughs> right? Because most of us are used to understanding. We know the law. We know what God's happy or not according to the law. And sometimes we equate that with the voice of God. But here it's a little different tone. Do you guys understand? Instead of telling us to do or don't, today we realize, we get a revelation that the voice of God that Jesus revealed, Jesus was revealed to, was revealed to Jesus, and now the same voice is revealed to us, given to us. It's different because it's not about doing, but it's about who you are. Be. Who you are. Not do, right? Um, there was a joke, I don't know if you guys know, but like some philosopher says, um, to be is to do, and then to other person was saying, to do is to be, and then Frank Sinestro was dooby, 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 do. Right? We argue, like, what's more important, identity or doing? But the answer is, what's most important is who you are. And the voice of God wants you to come back to that place in prayer, understanding who you be, okay? For sake of uh, illustration, who you be. Jesus, the voice of God given to Jesus in prayer is about identity. The first thing we need to receive in prayer is to know who we be, who we are. How important is knowing who we are? Here it is. Knowing who you are comes before your faith, believing, who, believing like your new identity, which believing is about learning, right? Discovering, right? The first time you discover and you repent and, and, and you throw away the old and new cannot happen if who you are didn't already get settled. I want to tell you guys this. You didn't become a child of God because you believed. Friends, you are a child of God because God let you be. On the cross, it says, I'm paying for everybody's sin. I'm dying. I'm ripping my body, all my water and blood. In shame, I am taking all of the curse and the wrath of God. And I say, it is finished. You are a child of God. Now, when that message comes to you, then you believe and you realize, oh, shoot, I, am a, I was a child of God since, since the day he died on the cross. Does that make sense? That's how important this B is, and that's why it is so important. So it comes for believing and then belonging, right? Once you believe, now you are a part of a family where everybody already is a child of God. You don't try to work yourself and pay into membership. Into the, did anybody pay membership to be in the church? Some people think that baptism and these kind of things is like that. No, no, no. You already are. Therefore, you believe and you belong. And then what? You become. You get trained 
in this new identity, right? Because who you were before you were a child of God is really, really not nice, really not good. But then as you realize I am and you believe and you belong, now you become. You get changed. Your behavior changes. Finally, behave. So once you are, then you do, right? It changes. You don't do it the other way. People think I have to behave so that I can belong and then I can be a child of God. No, no, no. Jesus is showing us we need to be reminded, you are my son, whom I love, with you I'm well pleased, is who you are, who you be. Did I miss any other Bs? Anybody? I just want to throw another B that's important. Okay, I, let me know if you think of one. I couldn't think of another one. Friends, getting to this part of being in Christ, of understanding, accepting this voice from God was not easy. Like I said, if we could hear right now what God is saying, this is what he's saying to you, and he has been saying since the day he was crucified on the cross, where he proved this love from then till forever eternity, the blood of Jesus is telling you, you're my son. It's testifying for you. It's interceding for you. You are perfect. You're righteous. That is a gospel but many times what I hear, even though that's what God is saying, it's not that. Does that make sense? Many of you guys, maybe this is unbelievable. You say, no, pastor, I, I think Jesus could receive that. I think maybe you could receive that. But I don't hear this. I don't think I deserve to hear God saying this, that I'm his child, that he loves me, that he's well pleased. Even though I believe it in my mind that this is true about me, in my Christian journey, maybe for many of you, it was not easy. It's not the first thing. Most people don't come to Christianity thinking, oh, wow, I'm a child of God. Whew, I'm good. You know, I am, and therefore I will, you know. But the thing is, because, you know, maybe it's the background, but many people, as we grow up in the church, right, we realize that most, more, more people like to behave, right? They, think, they still think in, under the law, right? They think the voice of God is do and don't. There is a part of that, but a bigger, important voice has to be heard, and this is a message from God. The, part, the, the third part of his voice today is that, that says that you are, I am well pleased, right? That's the part that many people, they can believe that they're a child of God, love, but God is pleased with me? Yes, he is very, very, very pleased with me, because the thing is, the Bible says it is his kindness that leads us to repentance, not our paying back our debt somehow, not our groveling that God says, yeah, I'll accept you. No, it is his kindness. It is his delight, his love. That's how powerful the blessing of Jesus was for us. When we hear this voice of truth, it gives us the courage to do the things for God that we could never imagine. This voice that, I'm, that I want to present before you, you are my son whom I love, with you I'm well pleased, is the most important uh, truth in your life that has to become the root to hearing the voice of God for the rest of your life. What I'm saying is this, Jesus, I believe this. The more I think about it, it makes sense. Every day, 24-7, he was hearing this voice. And because of this voice, he had the courage to step out and tell the evil spirit, be quiet, leave. Because he was hearing this thing, he realized, I have the power to tell the leper, be clean. Because of this, this love, this voice that he was being heard, he realized, you know, I could take even death on a cross. And because of this voice, he knew whom to call as his disciples. Because of this voice, he was willing to go into the desert for 40 days and suffer. Because of this voice, when the devil tempted him 
as the Bible says, the same way you and I have been tempted, he's been tempted. He said, no, thank you. This is the key to Christian life. And the fact that we forget it, the fact that we cannot hear it, it's the greatest tragedy. Tragedy because it is the greatest source of open door blessing for us. It has to be this hearing this voice has to be louder than the commentary of the people around you. Many of us, I don't know about you guys, but instead of hearing this voice, a lot of times what I hear is what people say about me, what my employer says about me, what, what other people criticize about me. Sometimes that voice becomes so much louder that I say, you know what, I suck. <laughs> you know what, it's horrible. And let me tell you, when I try to go into prayer, all of us, we want prayer to be amazing, right? But a lot of times when you go to prayer, it doesn't work. It, it, just nod your head, right? Anybody try to go to prayer, and the first thing you do is <laughs> you fall asleep, right? Like, I don't know why, but like, right, you're trying to read the scripture, and it, it's just irresistible, like you just faint. It's because of this, because many times when we are not covered by this voice, the scripture becomes an attack, right? It becomes like thorns. But when I am in the presence of God, the scripture is like, like, a, like, like uh, the most sweetest thing and the most delicious thing to my soul. But this has to come first. In your life, you have to settle this voice first. If you cannot hear this voice, stop. Don't do until you're reminded that you are who God says you are. And therefore, I don't know about you guys, but many people, the stress and the fear that you have comes from people, right? Because of people control money, people control influence over your life, right? But that's the secret that God wants to give you. The true freedom that you can have in this life is when you can hear the voice of God that says, you are my son whom I love, with you I'm well pleased. And that's the loudest thing. No matter what people attack you and say against you, I'm not saying don't be just arrogant and just be like obnoxious, right? But when people attack you, we're flaming arrows. Satan, his main goal is to change that radio's frequency and put in a subliminal message of what is anti the word of God. His goal is to take the word of God out of your life. But when you're covered with this voice, the attacks of people, they don't affect you. You can even say thank you. And you can now, because you're a child of God, grow and change your behavior, not out of guilt, not out of uh, you know, a sense of obligation because you, that's who you are. You want to become who you already are. I want to show you guys this verse. In 1 John chapter 4, it says, verse 17, it says, This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Here it is. Very simple statement. Let's read it together. In this world, we are like Jesus. It's not a typo. The great apostle John is saying, this is how you have confidence, right? This is how you walk in freedom. This is how the love of God that, that we profess is so great. What is the love of God becomes so complete and, and finalized is when you realize, I am like Christ. Right? But then the enemy says, no, you're not like Christ. I saw you lie. I saw you steal. I saw you do that. I saw you think that. I saw you, the way you treat your wife and your husband, you know what I'm saying? But no, God is saying, that's why come back to prayer. Come into prayer. Understand who you are. And therefore, you can go forth and become and behave as you are. So here it is. The next verse says, there is no fear in love. 
This is why this voice is so important because we are driven by fear. We are oppressed by fear. We're trapped by fear. And as I told you a month ago, fear is what destroys your faith. Fear paralyzes you when in reality, fear is nothing but a wrong state of mind, right? There's no, perf- there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. What's the only thing that can remove the fear of, you know, many of us finance, fear of, I don't know, future, fear of what's going to happen to your kids, fear of what's going to happen to my health, right? I'm with you all. I'm, I'm with as, as, as I grow older and as things change, and, and many of you guys experience, like, I remember I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, I remember a person like uh, maybe four or five years ago when, I, when, I, when the person was a church member said, you know, I, I told them, hey, I'm going to get married. Uh, man, the person was like, man, I can remember when I was about to get married, I was so afraid. Like, don't you, aren't, Pastor Ingo, aren't you afraid? Like, can you, hand, can you like really, uh, what's the word, not, not, not handle your wife, but like, like, take care of, you know, your family. You know what I'm saying? Like, financially, all these things. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I had no fear at the time because I didn't know, right? But it's true, right? As you go into life and things change, and you're like, wow, like, gosh, this is how much money I have. This is what I need to do. And then, oh, my gosh, a baby. And then a second baby. Oh my, like, all these things just make you fear. And you're like, I just want to, like, stay where I am. But God is saying, no, no, you're going to come back to prayer. Come back to prayer. Remember who you are. Remember who you're becoming, belonging, and remember what your job is. And here is because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The Lord wants us to live like Jesus did, full of confidence, full of power. Because why? One thing. He heard God's voice telling him, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. I close with this. In Romans chapter 1, 21, it says this, for although he's talking, this is Paul talking about what sin is and what sin has done to humanity. And he says, for although the people, everyone in the world knew God, he's saying there's no excuse. Everyone knows there is a God. It's undeniable in nature. They neither glorified him as God nor gave, him, gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's what sin has done to us. Because if you think about it, Adam and Eve before sin, they heard God pure and loud. <laughs> they saw him. They, they played basketball. I don't know if they played basketball. They ate with him, right? They like probably flew with like those dinosaurs and all that kind of cool stuff. But once sin entered, your thinking futile means your thinking like IQ just dropped like 1,000 points. And then more than that, your foolish hearts were darkened. So obviously you cannot see God. You cannot hear God. But therefore, that's why at the end of Romans, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. I think the pattern of this world is that whole living under fear, living anxious, living worried, right? That's, that's the pattern of the world, right? And you do your best, and then you hope it will, it will happen, and you hurt some people, you have to, you know, you cross some people, you know, you, you, you like break relationships, you know, you hurt others. That's the pattern of the world, but his Paul is saying, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and prove. And the way you renew your mind is through prayer like Jesus coming out of that baptism. He was able to hear the voice of God, receive the voice. You are my son. You are my daughter. With whom, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Last Sunday I talked about the disciples and Jesus, his final words to them was, now I love you. The voice that Jesus heard in the beginning of his ministry was God said, I love you. And then now Jesus, at the end of his ministry, is passing it to his disciples saying, I love you. 
Now abide in me. If you abide in my love, you will abide in, my, in, in, my, in me. And you bear much fruit. And as he was doing all that, I remember he was telling him, now I've shown you everything. Everything that I got from the Father, which is this, this truth, I am your son, and all that, what that means, how to behave, what that means to belong, and what you have. And he said, I made it known to you. Now, therefore, I give you a command. What's the command? Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love. But there's a part here that I want you guys to understand. In the beginning, in the midst of all of this, he says in verse, verse, uh, verse 33, he says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. What was the secret that the disciples got from Jesus? What was the, the, the inside knowledge? What was the, the key to becoming like Christ? Is hearing the words spoken to them that was spoken to Jesus. You are my son. You are my child whom I love and I'm well pleased. The word of God is God's love to us. Today, in our passage, ended by saying, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The good news is what we've been talking about today. The voice of God that we receive time and time. We must hear that God says, you are my child, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. That's the voice of God that is constant, that is continual. And I believe it's getting louder and louder because as the world gets louder and louder with their news and with their things and distractions and patterns and fears and all this stuff, God is saying, shh, shh, listen to this voice, this good news first. Friends, that's what prayer is. If, if in prayer you cannot hear that, Back up, like I said, right? And wrestle with this, right? Because when you can hear this, that's the place where everything unravels. And just like my son, that's the point where he can go surfing. That's where he can go diving. When he can go to the deepest of the presence of God in our lives. But our foundation for everything, hearing his voice, comes from hearing that statement I'll put up one more time. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. That's the key to doing miracles. That's the key to hearing God's voice in your life because it was the case for Jesus. I close with this verse from Hebrews chapter 12. Just listen to this. But you have come to Mount Zion, Realize that passage. He's talking to people in the future. You already are there. You have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come. You have come. It's not you will go. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. That's you. You have come to God, the judge of all. Oh my gosh, the judge of all, right? To spirits, but to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. You and I have been made perfect. We are like Jesus. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Friends, right now, the blood of Jesus is speaking a word of blessing and righteousness over you. That nothing, no voice, no, no situation, no fear, no devil, no power, no curse curse can overcome that's the voice he has given to you 
And that's the voice we hear every time we pray. Join me in a time of prayer now. God, we thank you. Lord, thank you is not enough, but Lord, we're awed that the only voice that you're speaking to us right now, continually since the day you breathed your last on that precious cross, and you faced the darkness, the wrath, the fear, the anger of God, the full wrath of God from that moment for us has been, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Because of that voice of truth, right now we are healed. Right now we are free from our anxiety. Right now we're free of anxiety and worries. Right now we're delivered from the power and the oppression of the enemy. Sin has lost its grip. Right now there is no condemnation for all of us who are in Christ Jesus. For we are more than conquerors because of the voice of God that speaks the truth. So Lord, as we go deeper into prayer in this year, I pray that we'll be amazed at how true this is and how this is the key to fixing, repairing our broken family relationships. That this is the key to having motivation in life when we just want to quit. That this is the motivation that we can face fears. We can even face our captors, those who have oppressed us. We can stand up to them against injustice, against Goliaths in this land, because I hear the voice as Jesus heard it for our benefit. You are my son, you are my daughter, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. God, I can never hear this enough because I forget it every day and I suffer every day because I do not pray. But Lord, I want to pray and I want to hear this for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God is so good. I Today in response to this word, um, as you do your offerings, again, offerings in the front door, you can give us online, continue to worship, continue to draw your heart towards what God is doing here in this body here. There's a song that you're familiar with. It's called How He Loves. And uh, as you listen to this song, just close your eyes. You guys all know this song. You don't have to, the words will be up if you want to sing it, but Take the moment and say, God, I want to hear it right now. Let the Lord speak to you that you are his son, his daughter. You are beloved. You are well. He is well pleased. And let that lead you into greater missions and, 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 and will of God and set you free from the fear and the worries that have crippled you, have diseased you, have been bringing you down. In Jesus' name, let's go.